We've already talked about who could be leaving UCLA, who might be staying. But what could UCLA find this early in the portal that could replace the potential guys who will leave? We'll talk about it on today's Locked On UCLA. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On UCLA. I'm Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer. That is Max Kelton. Thanks for tuning into this episode. It's free wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for making it your first listen each and every day. And it's free and available on YouTube. So like, comment, and subscribe over there as well. Follow us at Locked On Bruins. Today we're talking about UCLA potentially hitting the portal. This last season, they did not hit the portal. But the biggest thing is for McCronin, late in the game, he lost Stojakovic as a recruit potentially. They had Marcus Adams who could have potentially reclassified to the class of 23. He ended up choosing Kansas, and there's still, you know, I guess I haven't looked up too much about his news of 24 or 23. But either way, UCLA is only bringing in three guys, and they could potentially lose four or five, right, from this year's team, Max. So we decided to think, all right, it's very early. Yes, the portal is still in the early going. There's still more frustrations to be had and more guys to leave. But we picked, a, you know, we're each going to have a little draft as to who we think could fit the bill as a potential UCLA portal get. They're not going to get all these guys at maximum two, possibly, possibly one. We'll see what we think. So Max, in this year's 2023 transfer portal draft, who is your first pick of our early shortlist? Well, I think it's the biggest name on the board. Uh, Caleb Love is the one that stands out to me. Just announced that he's transferring from UNC. I don't blame him. Seemed like a pretty toxic situation there. Um, but, hey, he, he was the leading scorer on that team, right? You know, this is 16 points per game for a young man who who is a leader and knows what it takes to win at that next level. They came in this year ranked number one in the country, um, but he just didn't gel for, for outside reasons with the rest of his team this year and needs new scenery. And I think another, you know, another West Coast blue blood, if you will, would be the right fit for him. Yeah, it's interesting because he's got, I believe, two years of eligibility left. We remember how successful Johnny Juzing was, although it's a little different coming back home as opposed for what Caleb Love would be doing. But again, about 16 points per game, 37% from the floor, I believe. And, and you know, what, what he did in the tournament last year to nearly lead North Carolina to a Cinderella run for a championship, only to fall a little short in the title game. So, you know, it, it, in terms of that dynamic score, He'd be that guy that I don't really think UCLA had that this year. You know, Hawkins was a certain guy, Bailey, Tiger, they're all certain guys. He would fill a role that UCLA didn't have this year and I think desperately needs next year in terms of they need that number one go-getting scorer. And if, you know, Hawkins leaves, Tiger, even Bailey, they're going to need that number one to go and get buckets and put up shots. And I think Love would fit the bill, would you not? Well, I think it's 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 up in the air. You know, I I really like the player. I'm I'm questionable about the fit, but I'd still take him over over just about anybody else in this draft right now. I think he's ranked as maybe the tenth best player in the portal, and um, I'll give some leeway on that. But he's just he's he's a great scorer. He's got a nose for the basket. He's he's a high IQ player. You know, and 
Um, I, I think that with with some of the size and, and the young players that the Bruins have, I think that he'd be able to kind of, you know, build up some chemistry with them over the next couple of years. You don't want a one necessarily. You don't necessarily want a one and done guy because this team is so young. You kind of want somebody that can build with them over the next two years. And, you know, I think for 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 a guy like Amari Bailey to to pair him with Caleb Love, the, them two scoring wise would be really strong if if, if Bailey stays. That is, and if if Jalen Clark stays, you know the. That that's a that's a really really terrific backcourt one two three so um, you know that that's that's where I see this move I think that Caleb Love can add add a scoring that that will leave when Jaime Hawkins splits. In the meantime, we give you our deuces on uh you know we give our piece for uh, Caleb Love. It'd be a good get. NIL would be a uh, pretty huge. You know he's already seen what the big big uh, college basketball market looks like over in North Carolina. So we think, all right, there's number one of a very short list. We're only picking four players. There's still more. There's still even more to dive into. But we're going to pick. It's now my pick. Ooh, I think we're going to go with another interesting one here. I'm going to go with Boogie Ellis. You know, I have a couple of guys, but I'm going with Boogie Ellis. Of course, you don't want him to switch from USC to UCLA. He's already going to be potentially on his third school in five years. But he's a San Diego guy. At one year left. And he's twice been a conference six player of the year back in the AAC with Memphis. He was a six player of the year, I believe, this year with USC. And, you know, he was a spectacular, spectacular three point shooter. Well, I guess, you know, David Singleton close to over 40%, but he shoots 37%. He could easily be one of those veteran leaders that helps lead UCLA just for a one year stopgap. I know we don't always want those stopgaps, but. I'm not entirely sure who that three-point shooter will be this year uh, coming up for the next season. Who's that guy that can replace Singleton? Is Boogie Ellis up to the chore? I mean, Singleton, it's one thing to be a five-year leader and step into that role. But maybe Ellis, sometimes you do, you do need those plug-in plays. And in the year of the older college basketball, in the year of the transfer portal, in the day and age of the transfer portal at NIL, maybe it's okay to go get someone from across town and put them you know, in the blue and gold in the UCLA uniform and have him shoot the three because I'm not sure who can really space the floor for next year's team, Max. Well, I think it's it's also, you know, imperative to talk about how close he is and, and his Pac-12 connections. I have another Pac-12er on this list that we'll get into. Uh, but he, you know, you look at Ellis and another player that scores the ball really well, and I think he'll step into somewhat of that singleton role. But, you know, you, you question what kind of role are the Bruins trying to fill and how would Ellis be able to, um, to, 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 to manage it. Right. And, and, and you look at, you look at the players that he would be paired up with both Ellis and Bailey are both really good shooters. So I think, I think it would be a difference of, you know, stylistic tendencies for Mick Cronin if Ellis is able to join this team. But that said, you know, anytime you're able to swipe a wife, a, a rival player away a player that that puts up big big points too i think that's a win for your program we saw chip kelly do it with a couple of wide receivers in football earlier um this year in the transfer portal so you know i i I think i think i i actually like the play a lot and and ellis and usc by the way they were a dark horse to make a run in the ncaa tournament they got paired up with Michigan State, who, by the way, didn't really play like they were a seven seed, and I think a lot of folks had the Trojans moving on. They just they just got outbeat in that first round. 
But Ellis is a solid player, uh, and he shoots the ball really well. He's averaging near 18 points per game. That would in, improve on the scoring and something that will, once again, sorely be missed when uh, when Jaime Hawkes leaves. He's not a distributor, however, so you don't fill that that Tiger Campbell role. I did misspeak. He he is not the sixth player of the year. That was Reese Dixon Waters, but he is. He was a former sixth player of the year for, in Memphis, but he was not a two-time sixth player of the year. So I did misspeak, and I misspoke. So that is a little corrections and retractions. But yes, eighteen point per game score. He can shoot. You know, maybe not exactly a singleton, but they in terms of like that spacing and that three-point shooting, that is important. He's also a terrific defensive player, and I think that that fits the bill for what Mick Cronin is doing. He's averaging about a, a, a steal and a half per game. Those are Hawkeye's numbers. That's what, what that's what he brings to the table. So I think that that's he's he's a three and D type of player, and I think he would fit into the system in a singleton role. And that's that's why I, I like where he is, but he would need the bulk of the scoring, and I'm not sure that Mick Cronin is, is willing to give that to him. So that's that's where my concerns would be, but I do think that he would be able to fit into the system. And I frankly, I, I'd be I'd be stoked if Boogie Ellis were part of the Bruins. Yeah, mind you, we're saying you're not getting Caleb Love and Boogie Ellis and the next two names we're about to tell you, but there there is room potentially for two of these players to make it. Just not Caleb Love and Boogie Ellis. They're not coming together. But what's coming together is the Final Four, the end of the NCAA tournament, which is why you got to go rush to FanDuel dot com slash locked on to go check out America's number one sports book. Right now they're giving new customers up a, up to a thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win with a no sweat first bet. Lord knows how many failed bets and everything with our brackets happened in this tournament because nobody picked the final four. I, I I don't believe you if you got the correct final four. There, there's no way. Which is why you gotta go to fanduel.com slash locked on and claim your no sweat first bet. Point spreads, money line, which of the final four teams will be cutting down the net? All with an app that's super safe and secure and easy to use. Go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up, join today, and make every moment more with FanDuel. Cruising on in segment two of Locked On UCLA, we continue and we'll finish our early draft of the transfer portal. We each pick a couple of guys. Max, you picked Caleb Love. I picked Boogie Ellis. And now, here's some more interesting names. And, and I think I'll get this one started, Max. Um, I'm going to go with Severe Wheeler. He's a new, you know, entrant, you know, he's a new guy that went into the portal. A little interesting end in Kentucky. One wonders about the fits and the, you know, with Mick Cronin. But there's a sheer intensity for the former Georgia kid, the now former Kentucky guy, who's a one-year stopgap, a 5'9 point guard, which could potentially fill a hole with Tiger Campbell leaving. If Mick Cronin doesn't trust Dylan Andrews, a McClendon, or dare I say a Sebastian Mack in terms of a starting point guard role, and maybe they don't need a, a you know a good one year stopgap. But Wheeler, I believe we we looked at what ten points per game, six assists was uh, you know recognized in the SEC. I think led the conference in assists. So this is a guy that can score a little bit. Kind of has some Tiger Campbell like numbers. I'm not sure if he has those same qualities as Tiger Campbell has on and off the floor, considering he hasn't played Wheeler since February 4th. There's been a little interesting you know, discussion over there with Kentucky, reading all the sites and blogs about the ankle injury, the, you know, just the off-the-court issues potentially, you know, maybe clashing with Coach Cal. But hey, Johnny Duzane came over, and, and that worked out. Obviously, that's a very different fit. This would be another guy 
three schools in five seasons utilizing the COVID year. And funny enough, the two guys I have picked and have used at this moment are one-year stop gaps, but they would be used for different reasons. You can go get an Ellis, a scoring three-point shooter, or can go to get a point guard and still develop Andrews. And if this guy doesn't work, then you bench him and say, all right, well, your career's over. It is what it is, right? So I think Wheeler could be a replacement for Tiger Campbell. Or Mick Cronin says, forget this, we're going with a youth movement, which could be very bad or could be very good. Wheeler has done it before. We just wonder about the fit. I understand this could be an interesting fit, but numbers-wise and what he brings to the table, he could potentially fit with what UCLA had the last few years and might be losing in Tiger Campbell. I'm with you, and I actually think this one, this is one of the better fits out of you know the, our, our players that we're talking about today. Um, just because his playing style is so similar to Tiger Campbell, um, talk about a plug and play when you when you are doing a one year stop and go, right? You you want somebody who already fits into your system and somebody who you can utilize the way that you know Tiger Campbell played. I think that I think that 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 Wheeler is is a player that um, Cronin will will certainly take a look at and really consider. But again, another player who would be at his third school in the last five years. And that's significant that you can't say enough about the loyalty aspect of Tiger Campbell and about how humble he was and him building up the program. Curious to see if that's a question for Wheeler. You know, anytime you got guys who are moving on to different scenery that many times in the last but a few years, it does mean that maybe they 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 get a little uncomfortable clash of coaches. Do you want that in your locker room? I think that's something to talk about because Campbell's a guy, well, well, numbers are similar. Well, he, he, they both have great eyes on the floor, terrific floor vision. They're both court generals. It, 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 it was clear that, you know, Campbell just, he found a home in Westwood. The question is, will Wheeler find that home and embrace it the same way if, uh, if he's swiped away? Another thing, this is a Texas guy. This is a Texas guy. He's SEC-based, man. Um, he started in Georgia, went over to Kentucky. Um, is it Kentucky in the ACC, ACC or SEC? They're in SEC. SEC. School, right? SEC. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, you're so, about to get. Oh my gosh, you're, yeah, yeah. you're going to get. You're going to get to let pass. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, so, so <laughs> they, it's, so, it's, it's so, Tuesday morning. It's yeah, early. yeah. So they went. They went Georgia, <laughs> Georgia to Kentucky, and now I, I can't. It's difficult to imagine him leaving the SEC and leaving the South when he's so comfortable there. Um, that seemingly you know, right. Yeah, yeah, right. So hey, seemingly, that's that's the best way to put it because it looks like he's he's on his third school in five years. Maybe he does need a change of pace. Maybe he does need the West Coast. Yeah, Wheeler. You know, Mick Cronin is an intense, intense guy. You can see he's always fun and gracious to the media in the press conference before, after a loss. You know, if he's angry, maybe in practice. You know, all the all the thumbnails we use, you, you always see him just like angry and just like fired up if you watch this show on youtube the picture preview is just croning like screaming so one wonders if that's even a fit excuse me there if, if that's even a fit for for wheeler and whoever comes in if it's a one-year stopgap or not so that that's the interesting part about wheeler and again i was looking for more la guys but there's still more guys in the portal to come and we'll find out more about that but i think we have one interesting one who could be packaged with any one of these guys that could be potentially brought in, either a guard between a Love, Ellis, and Wheeler, and who is this, Max? Who is your next well, pick? He's a former top 10 recruit. 
who got some minutes at the start of the season for Oregon. His minutes died down. I think he needs new scenery. And Kellel Ware is a is a player that is on my list. Ware is he's a guy that look early in the season he put up 18 points against UConn. That's that is a that is a team that is possibly championship bound. They, they uh, are. I think they're the odds-on favorite right now, though. The right. Championship. Right. So you know that this is this is a guy and and talk about 17 points against Michigan State. You know another another team that that went to the sweet 16 deep in this tournament so he he was playing at a high level with Oregon when he was on the floor when he was getting big minutes but his minutes started to dwindle toward the end of the season he's averaging about 6 points per game 4 rebounds per game but he showed spurts of greatness and that's what i want to focus on those spurts if he can get more playing time we talk now i'm I'm not sure if UCLA is the program to give him that starting role at center. That's why I'm tentative here. But I do see some serious promise. And we already questioned on the last episode the return of Adam Bona. If Bona does enter the transfer portal, I think you swipe up where and you say, hey, you got the starting gig, man. You can take it and run with it. Um, but you are pretty hesitant to think that Bona's leaving. So um, I, 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 don't, I don't blame you. Um, but I, I wonder, hey, maybe he steps in for Nuba and you see a little bit of depth. I don't know. But I think that there may be move some pieces around. Might be a space for Khalil Ware in the Bruins program. Yeah. What what cost do UCLA the most in their last two losses of the year? Depth in the post. And we don't know about the agility yet and the athleticism of Mac Etienne if it seems stripped because of the, the injury from over a year ago. You know, he hasn't looked like the same youthful freshman that came and joined the team late in that final four run and gave them some minutes. And it just the one thing they, they missed was big man depth. And but the thing is you're mentioning a starting role would be key. And that comes down to a Dem Bona. Hey, they have a six ten freshman coming in in Devin Williams. They also have this another technical power forward in Brandon Williams. He's only six a six ten freshman in Devin Williams and a six seven freshman in Brandon Williams. Get used to saying Williams a bunch of time next year, Bruin fans. But I, I think Ware would be a good get, but this is all where the speculation of who's going to the draft and who's not, who's leaving and whatnot. So that makes the the where it depends. Does he want a home quickly? Does he need a home quickly? And that's where all these guys have to wait and see. Who's leaving and who's coming back? Who goes tests the the draft process, doesn't sign an agent, and comes back? Does Bona do that and realize, all right, this is what I got to work on and come back? Or does Bona and or Bailey think, hey, no, while we want to, you know, while we have our sights set on something greater, we need another year. And it's maybe between Bailey or Bona who stays or goes. But I do think, where where is that, I think, would be an interesting fit. But... It all depends on Bona. Despite UCLA's need for depth in the post, because what was it, the return of this year in college basketball? Three-point numbers were down in the tournament. It was the big man. Despite Zach Eady and Arizona, all these big men losing, you can see how much size UConn has. How Gonzaga just bullied UCLA despite the Drew Timmy travels endlessly in the post. And sometimes you need size just to get through a round in the tournament, and then you can go back to small ball. That is important yeah i i think i think you're right and you know here's here's the thing 
we we speculate that he wants a starting role. He might just want out of Oregon. That's kind of a bad system to be in right now. Dana Altman, and I'm reading this quote. He said, if it's me, then get rid of me. If it's me, then make the change. Make the change. Somebody will hire me somewhere. I'll go to junior college ball. He's talking about the fans at Oregon. The support hasn't been there, right? How brutal is that? It does not surprise me, or at least it wouldn't, if if Ware says, hey, I want to stay in this conference, move to UCLA, and then transition into the Big Ten with them. Because this is a school that's going to get some serious promise um, over the next couple of years when you when you move into a, a new conference, right? So I think he might say, hey, that's something that I want to be a part of. And another thing, he's young. You talk about the youth on this team. He fits into the build of this team as they progress and move forward with championship hopes in a couple of years again, because this team is Dylan Andrews, Matt Atn, uh, Bona, Bailey, all some serious youth. And if Ware joins them, I think that you have your your starting five of the future. Not to mention, you know, a kid like Sebastian Mack and the couple of Williams who are who are coming in. So something to pay attention to there that. You know, he could say, this is something that I'm looking to build with Mick Cronin again, or rebuild, I should say. And um, UCLA and Westwood, it's a promising uh, environment for, for a kid like this. Talk about an unhealthy basketball environment in Eugene, down to Westwood, a healthy environment. I think it, it, it looks like it could be appetizing. Well, we'll see how that goes. That's a surprising quote you found there from Dana Altman. And you have to remember where's playing behind and dealing with, you know, and folly Dante and all that stuff. So, and Oregon, I think we think severely underachieved this season. You know, they could have done much better uh, or maybe they just, where's the record is you are, as your record says you are until you get to the tournament. And then who knows? It's a crapshoot. In the meantime, we'll come back and talk more about UCLA softball, but cruising on into segment three, Locked on UCLA. We just did our draft, our early in the the season transfer portal look, you know, because, hey, we thought football was nuts. No, 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 no. Basketball. Basketball is where it gets extremely crazy in the portal because everybody wants to go average 15 points per game. But there's many more names and many more times that Max and I can go throw out names and talk about the transfer portal. But we're going to talk about UCLA softball and kind of catch up with them, because we've talked so much basketball recently. The UCLA softball team has certainly had to grind through each of their first few Pac-12 weekends, Max. UCLA, 29-4, 6-3 in conference play, having to win a rubber match in each of their first three conference meetings. And funny enough, they've lost the last couple of weekends, the opening game of their series only to come back and win close ones, a grand slam against Oregon Saturday, winning six to two against Oregon on Sunday with a four run seventh inning only to have their game against Nevada canceled. What do you think about this Bruins team? That's not even ranked amongst the top two in the country. You know, they're just a little behind the two Oklahoma schools, but still they're pretty good. Well, I think that they need to clean it up on the defensive end. It is, it is disappointing seeing how many errors are being made. Um, And, Let's get this straight. Maya Brady is one of the best players in the country, but she's stepping in for a player like Brianna Perez, who had led that shortstop position for the last few years. She committed two errors this weekend. And for a player that is up for player of the year, right? It's just, it's not acceptable. Now, once again, a player that didn't necessarily, she didn't play shortstop over the last few years. And Perez had been the staple at that spot. 
but it's a couple errors from Brady and you know I'm I'm sure she would be you know one of the first people to say she's got to say I I I I, I got to clean things up she's as, as hard as on herself as anybody else is her bat is there right she's hitting the ball extremely well in the in the third game the rubber match again she shows up 3 for 4 with with 2 RBI you know she 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 roped a home run in that game Jordan Woolery by the way has been on a tear at the plate um, and you know, I also look a little bit at the pitching. Brooke Yanez have have the wheels fallen off. She she just hasn't been able to give you know long stretches um, as over the last couple of weeks of of really good performances. So uh, this is a team that earlier in the year number two in the country they dropped down to number four. I know that's you know that's still one of the top five teams in the country, but you just expect so much from them. So um, I think that I think that. They they just they got to clean it up in the fielding side of the ball. You can't commit so many errors and and win win softball games. But some good things too. Megan Frymo just continues to rack up those pitcher of the week awards. She is just fantastic. Literally carrying the team on her back sometimes. Some weekends, almost in every win, it's because Megan Frymo has had to turn it on into you know Megatron mode, right? And then the other thing, which maybe isn't something we talked about early when. They took the majority of their losses. Three of UCLA's losses involved someone not in the lineup. One, Aaliyah Jordan's back. They posted on Twitter talking about, she's back. And what did she do in the first weekend? She only hit 429. Three for seven with an RBI, reaching base four of, I believe, her or five of her nine plate appearances after getting hit by a pitch, walked. And she is a key contributor, someone who was a part of that winning team. It's been around as a Bruin for a long time, dealt with injury, had to miss the first part of the season. Aliyah Jordan can help lengthen this lineup in her last year as a Bruin and give them those extra hits. Because what happened? UCLA got shut out game one. Aliyah Jordan was 0 for 3. Are those correlations? Coincidences? I'm not entirely sure. I'll let you think about that. The next game UCLA won, she went 1 for 1 and got hit by a pitch. Then the next game, 2 for 3 with an RBI, and UCLA started to score a little bit more runs, right? So maybe... You add some length to the lineup, take some pressure off some of the freshmen, take some pressure off of Maya Brady. And when you have more, one more stick, Max, that can come through, that's crucial when you have a veteran player who's been there, done that, and now she's back. We'll see how it plays out. But her first weekend, you're hitting 429 and getting on at over 500 pace. That's a pretty blistering clip for someone who's not played you know, real live softball in a long time. No doubt about it. And they've been missing her. You know, she's a player that they were coming into the year hoping that she would be, you know, one of the staples in this lineup. And um, she's a, she's a first team All-American, a two time first team All-American from, you know, 2018 and 2021. So, you know, it's this is what Bruin, the Bruins have expected out of her. You know, this is what what they've expected. She just hasn't played. Right. She's still nursing that. I, I think it was a knee injury and she's able to come back and, and immediately produce. You know, that's what you you expect out of her. And uh, this is a team that already has a ton of depth. Anybody can step in on any given night and, and provide some good offense. So don't get me wrong. It wasn't like they they needed her to win games because obviously they've been terrific. Twenty seven and three without sure. it. Sure. Sure. So, you know, being able to have her bat in the lineup is certainly a boost as well. So. I think that that's that's where it is. It's just it's boosting the, this team's confidence a little bit. They need a series sweep <laughs> coming coming in because this is a team that had had lost just one game heading into conference play. They need to continue on on a winning streak, right? That's something that this this team really really needs for their confidence 
they can't continue to play rubber matches and and remain as one of the top you know 10 teams in the country they they have to be able to sweep teams because that's what the top three teams top four teams should should be doing every week this is the final point i'm gonna leave y'all with because you know sometimes you can win games but you need someone you need that championship level player and well we're not trying to put a lot of pressure on on Aaliyah here but you know she she's been there and done that and having someone who's been there done that maybe she's not even the one that gets the big hit but showing who how to do it during the season and then you know being that veteran that uber veteran right we've seen the fifth years with the covid year being lost in all the sports her coming back with the red shirt and everything she wanted to come back and dethrone Oklahoma, you know, and make UCLA once again the top team in softball. And to do that, and to beat a team like Oklahoma, you're going to need as much offense, as many opportunities to have veteran players or really great players, even if they're really young, come through. Even if the pitching doesn't, if, if it does falter, depending on how things play out, you just need championship level players. Because you can get players that can stack a lot of wins, but to win a championship, a national championship, even a Pac-12 championship or a Pac-12 tournament, it takes a lot. And you need those championship-level players. And she is certainly one of those for Kelly Inouye Perez. In the meantime, that's going to do it for today's Locked On UCLA. For Max Kelton, I'm Zach Anderson-Yoxheimer. Thanks for tuning in to this episode as we bring you, you know, as always, the Ending 8 Clap, baby. Because stay tuned. we got more Locked On UCLA coverage all week long. We'll talk some more spring football coming up, and then this week or next week, we'll try and figure it out, dissect everything, see who's in the portal for basketball. A little more updates on baseball and more spring sports as we get excited. Hands up, Bruins fans. Eight clap time. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You. See. You see LA fight, fight, fights. This has been Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins.